Hi there, welcome at the second edition of the B2B Influencer Marketing Chat Series. My name is Mariska Kestelo and I'm the founder of Word of Minds. The topic of today is about B2B Influencer Marketing, of course, but also about employer branding. And therefore we have invited Patrick de Pau, co-founder of Social Cedar. Welcome Patrick, welcome in our show. Would you like to introduce yourself? Travel industry for 25 years. Uh, that's also why uh, there's some joint, uh, we, we know some people uh, uh, together. Um, f- six years ago, I started with uh, Social Cedar because uh, we saw that the impact of word of mouth is uh, bigger uh, than expected. Uh, and that's uh, when we started our company. And in the meantime, we have about 18 people working for the company. And we have international companies, about 250 organizations working with us. Voila. So, <laughs> so thank you so much. So today, the purpose is to talk about, of course, B2B influencer marketing, but also about um, employer branding. So, Patrick, uh, because you, we see and hear the word a lot about um, employer branding, but can you explain what how do you see what is actually employer employer branding employer branding is the, the is is an overall term uh, for uh, companies uh, that want to have a very specific or that need every company needs to have a purpose um, a common goal a culture uh, a vision uh, all that together sharing uh, with uh, your employees is, is is basically the umbrella of employer branding uh, it's. I know it's. A, it's a very hot topic right now, um, but mainly uh, also because uh, the company at this moment, um, even even now, even with the, the crisis, is a company is something. Is, is you you are cho- choosing for a company. Before it wasn't the case. When I started in in a bank, uh, 30, 28 years ago. Uh, I didn't care about. Uh, I didn't care about the values. Who knew? whether they were values. Um, we went there because we just had to earn money because I wanted to buy my first car. Uh, but now it's completely different. People are choosing for a company because they need to feel that that company has the same values. And this is why employer branding is very important these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was actually also my, my second question. And why is employer branding now more important than ever? Um, it's it's a word that we hear since the last I would say since the last few years, but if we're looking, I would say, apply it to the current situation, uh, we're now all in a, I would say in a in a crisis pandemic. Um, why is employee branding now even more important than than ever? Because we see that how companies are behaving uh, during a crisis. Um, is is also very important uh, to for their future um, and employees they they want to know how companies are behaving in stress situations. So even like like, like you mentioned, Mariska, even uh, today we see that there's more activity uh, in companies to get um, the word out to um, to show the values and to show that they care. Um, obviously, it's much more difficult because uh, there's remote working. Before, it was easier because you could you could have a session 
at noon or you could have something uh, at, at the coffee the corner. Uh, now this has to be done on a remote, uh, remote, uh, remotely, which is changing a bit. And that's where technicity, uh, where you need some techniques and some tools um, in order to be able to, uh, to get the message through to your coworkers. Because, um, yeah, we see now um, a lot of companies uh, stop communicating uh, during this crisis. A lot of, um, I would say during a crisis, perhaps you see the, the true values of some, of some uh, companies. Um, how do you think that, um, because we talked also just earlier before we started the call, um, how do you think that some companies can come out of this crisis um, much stronger due to um, due to their due to their employees do you think it's also because of their values or um, or is it i would say a mix a mix of a mix of both the values and the employees how they support each other it's a, it's always a mix of a mix of everything huh? obviously before the crisis a company already had a certain uh, company culture uh, it's not something that you s all of a sudden start when there's a crisis uh, but the crisis is just uh, how do you say it? It's a, an extra stress uh, on uh, the way you communicate. Um, and so what we see, or at least what I hear and what I also hear from a lot of companies and not only hearing, but we see it also uh, happening is that more and more companies are aligning the message, in the, their internal message with their external message. Mm -hmm. Before, often it was different. You had uh, internal communications and you had external communications. I, I know of a company where we had to speak with two different uh, stakeholders. One was internal com, somebody else was external com. They didn't align at all. They had different messages. So that, that, that was before. Now we see that more and more companies, they really want to go out and because they want to create, um, they want to not only create, because, but they want to be authentic. Uh, if you are authentic, you create relevancy. So again, in, in theory, now it's more than more than ever that you need to get that message out, even if uh, you don't have so much activity or less activity. You're still a company, and that company still has values. And the more the people know about the values, the better it's going to be for the future. And secondly is, the more people stand behind your values, the more impact you can create once that, every, once that this, this, this uh, crisis is going to evolve in, in reopening businesses, um, the the power of uh, your coworkers or the power of your fans um, on social media is huge compared to the power that you have as a company. Um, so that's also the reason why um, today, more than ever, it's important to start looking at uh, at, at working and, and and really not not misusing, but asking your uh, coworkers to uh, to share your message and your values. Yeah, because. Um, if we talk, because we receive also a lot of questions from, from companies, how to use, um, how to continue with the communication, and uh, we don't have the budget right now to, to use external people, because they only see influencers as external people, like they know the fashion and the fashion and the beauty influencers. But I say there are so many types of influencers. Everyone here on the call today is also an influencer. So therefore I said, why don't you look also towards your, um, towards your employees um, or clients or um, um, even your, your suppliers um, as influencers? How do you think that, um, that um, nowadays, um, I would say companies can 
I would say, do you have any facts or figures? Yeah, well, but we, we, we have we have yeah. facts, facts and figures because in the meantime, I think we have about 100, 150 campaigns uh, that's been sent out. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. Everybody is an influencer because before everybody went from time to time, perhaps somebody a bit more than less to a cafe or you were talking in a cantina. Um, and, and so everybody has this social network. What we see um, bef until um, end of February, the average uh, reach of a person uh, sharing something in person on social media is about 340, meaning that if you share a message, um, you reach about 340 people. Uh, strangely enough, the last four weeks, this uh, has been changed to 400. So the, the impact of people that are putting some content on uh, social media has dramatically increased and dramatically is exactly 26%. So there's probably reasons for this. The first reason is because there's more people behind the screens like we are today. And we spend much more time on social media than ever. That's already one thing. The second thing is that we see that people are feeling more concerned and are, are really willing to bond more with their company because they work remote. And if the company asks something, they will, apparently they will, they, they have more interest in doing so than, than before. We have 10% more activity on ambassadors, meaning that 10% of the, that there's 10% more ambassadors sharing uh, news at this moment. Probably we didn't have the time to ask them, um, but probably I think is because they are also willing to help because everybody knows that it's a crisis. Um, and the third um, uh, reason uh, is that due to the crisis, we also see that the, the, at least for the companies that are using, uh, that are working on employer branding and on employee engagement, uh, the message that they send out has apparently been much more relevant than before. Before, often the company still spoke about their product and their price and their blah, 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 which is nice, but basically nobody's interested to hear all this uh, on social media. They're interested in, again, the authentic stories, uh, what are they doing uh, to uh, make it a better world? What are they doing for their employees? Um, what what investments do they make for their, their their employees? These are the pieces of content that people want to to read and, and and see on social media. And we see that again due to the crisis. At least the companies that were already using uh, that form of communication have dramatically improved uh, their content. So that's so again that's that's some some figures. Um, but it really shows the importance of working with um, with people. Whether, again, Mariska, whether they are an influencer or not, again, you don't need to be a paid influencer to be an influencer. Everybody is. No, no, but I think, therefore, it's good that you're sharing these data because I'm, um, I always say that the reason why we started also with this webinar is, is, um, is to support each other and to share insights and experience and really to to help the people who are on this call, on this webinar, to help them to move further. And when I directly mention influencer marketing, people think already directly, oh, it's an extra cost. No, it, it, it doesn't have to cost anything extra because the, these people are already in your network. And even despite the fact that you're working alone, you also have people in your network who want to support you. Like you said, people are more willing to support each other than, than ever. And um, 
we also talked with Alessia last week that now people who were perhaps out of your reach, perhaps famous people or famous speakers, they're also out of work. So they're perhaps now easier to reach out and to get the support. And, and I think um, now is even, I would say never is a good time to start, but I think now more than ever is a good time to start with your communication and also together with your employees to come um, and to create, I would say, a better relationship, not only amongst the employees, but also for the company to move forward because we, we don't know how the future will look like and when we can, I'm not saying that we go back to normal because normal will change, but I think it's important that we inform each other because there's also a lot of uncertainty and a lot of, yeah, people are insecure and uncertain. And it's like, yeah, you're building up a relationship. Huh? Like I gave the example last week also. It's like a marriage. If you're going to get married, you also don't stop your marriage or split apart as soon as you have the first discussion. So in this crisis also, I think it's important that you grow towards each other and, and find a good communication to come out much stronger and much more connected perhaps than you were if you were if you're going, I would say, as a normal employee every day to your every day to your work. Um, I mean, you are working for, um, you created Social Cedar, that's, um, that's a concrete uh, platform. Can you also give some, I would say, some suggestion, ideas that people can do, um, of course, using your platform, but are, do you also see examples of suggestions that you've seen for people, um, that people can do with their employees to improve their communication to, um, or nice initiatives that you have seen um, from your clients or beyond? Uh, we have lots of examples, but the, fir the first, because I think you, you mentioned it, and I just want to come back to the, the fact that uh, some companies uh, are quiet or are more quiet because they they, they don't have perhaps the content. There's, there's We get quite a lot of remarks of, we Patrick, now it's difficult because we don't have our content strategy team or um, our content provider is not available to make a video um, and then uh, what we what we see already and also before the crisis is that content uh, should not be expensive neither because content should be again the authenticity authenticity of content is extremely important people but we have this special eye we develop this special eye if we scroll that we see immediately apparently whether um, a message is genuine or whether it's not genuine and if it's genuine it creates quite a lot of impact uh, um, talking about the figures if you create uh, good content on on if it's really good content at least you could expect that for every ambassador that shares something there would be 10 people coming back to your website i'm not talking about views and i'm talking about the shares but people that are coming back to your website suppose that you have 1000 ambassadors and you have really relevant content imagine how many how much traffic that you could create to your to your website um so these this is the figure side There's some tips and tricks uh, obviously um an invest an, an employee employer branding um and employee engagement first of all is a it's a strategic choice it's not a nice to have it's not something that you say like oh it's crisis now we are going to start with it and we will see afterwards what what, what because that's not how it works it's about your dna it's about your culture it's about your why, why the why of your company and it's about your vision that's something that is 
directional. It comes from the board, it comes from a CEO, it, it can also come obviously from the co-workers, but it has to be supported by uh, management. Meaning that if you start something and you only um, you think you 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 think that um, you can you have to invite you think that you I'm going to invite all my co-workers to become an, an to become an ambassador, but I am not going to be one because I'm the CEO. Uh, this doesn't work. So that's the first thing. Um, we need to show as leaders the example. If we don't show the example, it's going to be very difficult for other people to follow. Mm -hmm. yeah. The second thing that we also saw was do not create too much of a gamification thing out of it. In the beginning, the first steps with our platform were very, or well not very, but there was some gamification. Meaning, the more you do, the more points you get, for instance. Um, this is nice, but this also creates after a certain moment frustration for all the people who are not so social media savvy, who do not have such a big social media network um, and like we just uh, said Mariska our vision is that everybody is an influencer uh, whether you're at the reception desk or whether you're a marketing director it doesn't mind everybody should be able to join uh, meaning that the, the 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 I would say the incentive part the how do you keep them alive is not going to be a competition but should more be like um, a community driven um, incentive uh, where we do see that companies have an ambassador barbecue. Um, they give extra courses on LinkedIn for their ambassadors. Um, these are examples um, of uh, possible uh, possibilities or random acts of kindness. Uh, quite a lot of companies, they just randomly pick somebody who did some efforts. They give them some flowers. Um, you create magic. Uh, one of the things that we've seen is do not do not use expensive um, incentives. The less, the, 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 strangely enough, the less expensive, the more um, uh, you, the people find it uh, interesting and they love it. Uh, if you start uh, giving away an iPad. Uh, the person that that gets the iPad is very happy and all the rest is very sad. But if you give flowers, it's creating something completely different. It's creating like, wow, like, great, this is this is fun. So these are just some some uh, examples of... Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I really like also your first point that you said. It's, it's, um, um, it's a strategic decision. Eh? It's not if this, uh, this CEO, um, everyone from the employees <laughs> need to follow, but the CEO is not online. That's also when I have um, conversations with clients, I always say it's a strategic decision to start with an influencer campaign or not. And a lot of people think that they can implement an influencer from the next day on, but um, therefore we also need a good, I would say, a good strategy. And it's not always, like you also said, that the most expensive influencer or the most popular influencer is also the best one for your, for your company. So there are a lot of alignments in, say, in your comments and in B2B um, influencer marketing. I just think that a lot of people just have, um, say, if you talk about ambassadors, influencers have just a, a misperception about this role and this uh, this function, and that they that they can get a lot of out of say a lot more out of this um, ambassadors uh, influencers, especially now in times of crisis, where sometimes people grow more towards each other. 
um, and then perhaps in, in, in other times. Um, it will be in two weeks time we will also talk about um, uh, also about ambassadors and, and influencers. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that the, also for an influencer, you can pay a 10,000 euro would say for, for a campaign, but it doesn't mean that, that you have the same values and that you will attract the audience that you want. You want an influencer that represents your values um, and also has a personality that matches the company. If you're talking about an influencer from, especially from outside, if, for example, uh, perhaps Alessia would be a better influencer for an Italian company because she's Italian than I than I would because I don't speak I don't speak Italian. It makes makes a common sense, but for a lot of people, it's very hard to imagine. If we talk about influencers, they directly think of the beauty, the fashion influencers, the famous people, and they don't think of um, that there is a word like B two B influencers, thought leaders speakers, partners, even employees that you can use for the purpose of your um, for the purpose of your company and they are we talk also about the trending word word is much more authentic. Uh, absolutely we see it every time because most of the companies uh, that are using uh, social cedar are b2b companies um, and we have companies that are working in steel or in material handling uh, which is not always the most sexy um, uh, it's, it's not the same as I'm working for Netflix, but you do see that it's extremely effective uh, because everybody has a network with likes, people say around the same age, people that have the same interest, geographical. Uh, there's some, some things that's also why lots of companies are using uh, obviously employer branding and employee engagement in their recruitment strategy um, because uh, the most efficient way to recruit people is through the people that are working in in, in companies that's been proven for uh, quite some time. So again, the the, the benefits are um, are multiple. You have um, the, the fact that if people feel good and they feel um, that there's there's a good community, uh, they 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 stay they stay on board, which is also in, important. Um, and uh, and they will talk about you and they will create quite a lot of uh, fuss. Um, and again, I could, I could I just, I just heard it and I just want to share it because I think it was so interesting. I had somebody this afternoon on the phone um, and it's, it's a very small example. He was in a store in Leuven, which is a Flemish city that had to close down the day that, um, that the, the government decided that every single uh, organ, uh, company or store had to close. And it's a, it was a fashion uh, shop. And uh, the, the, the owner turned to the students because apparently there were students working there saying like, you don't have to come back anymore. It's a pity. Uh, we have to close down Finito. Um, and the, the person that was in the shop that I knew, he said like, how many students did ever work for your, for your store? He said, well, over the last years, about 200. What if we ask these students to become your ambassador and start sharing your messages? Um, because he also has an online store. Well, in the meantime, and this is just genuine, the, the, that person um, um, uh, sold for 50,000 euros the last month, thanks to all the students that became an ambassador because they've been working there. They've been earning money uh, thanks to that person. Uh, and, and, and that person even didn't saw that there was this possibility. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just a very small example of how small uh, efforts can can create a very big impact yes 
And I think that's also what we should do right now is to, to, su to support each other because we're in this situation together. Of course, the situation is totally not inappropriate because at the moment I even can't fly towards your destination and I'm not even if I will be able to fly even this year towards your destination. So I think if you will find people who can support your product or service, especially in our industry who has been hit directly and also have to, will go through a major process of adapting uh, because we have the one and a half meter economy, like we call it now in the Netherlands. Uh, how do we keep distance on one and a half meters? How hotels, how events will look like in the future? It will be a major challenge and will this be the, the norm or not? So there will be a lot of companies who, who will suffer and still will not have the same revenue as, as always. And um, you're coming from, of course, from the, the travel industry, um, which has also been uh, hit very hard, of course, because people can't travel. Um, so you also have examples from that industry, how they, how they use their employees as, uh, as ambassadors, as influencers to, to continue um, to still well, say, continue the story, to continue to talk about the product or company. Well, it, it's, it's a pity because the, 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 the travel industry at this moment, we have had some customers like TUI uh, is, is, is a customer. Um, but uh, until recently, uh, what I what I saw often is that the tourism industry is is, is extremely focused on product and price, uh, specifically in a B two B two C environment. It's all about uh, New York at two ninety nine. Um, there's been some storytelling, and they've been using some influencers. I've been using some influencers as well, but the genuine, uh, authentic uh, content wasn't there. Now. We do have an example of the company where I worked for, where we restarted, we relaunched uh, the program uh, two weeks ago, uh, because it's a company with quite a lot of employees that are just sitting home doing nothing, but they're all passionate about traveling. Yeah. Um, and so what happened is that that company has asked through their program um, to uh, try and think whether they have a link with somebody in Belgium, it's a Belgian company, in, in some other part of the world and start creating interviews online. So every on Facebook, they have now every uh, day, I think about two interviews, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, because often it's some somebody living in Asia or somebody living in, in the US. <clears throat> and they're just talking about how's life there, uh, what is happening, uh, blah, blah, blah. If I see, honestly, the reactions and the number of, uh, at least I can only see the number of um, uh, thumbs up that they get, it's huge compared to uh, what they've been saying before. And before they were always saying these very commercial uh, things. Now we have a promotion there, we have a promotion there. We, they had two likes there, they had 14 likes there. Now we see that one session is followed by more than 200 people. Um, and they're not even talking about selling something, but they, they use uh, their coworkers um, to create. Mm -hmm. and do you um, do you hope? I would say, is your aim also that after this crisis, then um, people um, say are more aware about their communication about? Um, they will go slow. Um, I would say easy back to normal because they're so eager to have business uh, to have business again. Do you think they have learned something from? I would say what we are experiencing. 
I can only hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very difficult. I don't really know. I, I can I can honestly I can only hope so. I think that it's not going to be business as usual anyhow. Uh, so they the the. the, the more again, the only thing that I can say is you have to stand up. You have to be different from the rest more than ever, um, and 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 everybody should think about it. Whether you are in the mice industry, in the hotel in business, in the, in, the, in whatever, in every single business. So I don't, I've no, I think that I, or at least I hope um, that there's some reflection. Um, the reason why I said also uh, that there's some delay on the tourism, um, uh, and this is something I really saw, the, the, the tourism, basically the, the, the tourism industry, I'm not, I cannot talk so much about the mice industry, has been a very old-fashioned industry. Uh, they have not really adapted, although they, they, they really discovered social uh, media, but they thought, at least when I was working for a travel company, they saw for instance, social media as an additional channel next to radio, television, uh, brochures and everything, which is not the case. Social media is not a television uh, uh, channel. Social media is your local cafe. Um, and if you want to have friends in your cafe, then you have to tell something else than just the, 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 the commercial bullshit, sorry to say so. And that was something that is very difficult in, in an industry where obviously, which I understand, the margins are very low. So you need to really every day, you need to hit that target because otherwise you cannot survive. Um, but I, I, what I missed, uh, and that's also the reason why I left, is was this uh, strategic long-term thinking. It was more like, let's survive today and tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. Uh, and I hope that, um, that this, uh, this is a time for reflection, not only for, for that industry, but for lots of industries. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have now 33 minutes, so I would say, do you have any other last question that we can wrap up and go to the uh, questions of the, of the participants that came in through, um, through the chat? Do you have anything that you would like to, to add? Or um, because we, in a previous conversation, we also talked about um, the relationship between ad campaigns um, that could be interesting to, to close, or is there anything else that you would like to add or say? Well, ending a bit with what I was uh, finishing is that uh, we, we, we see that uh, the, the, the investments, and then we, talk, we just talk about the, the, the financial investment, which is going to be crucial as well, because after this crisis, most of the companies will have budget restraints anyhow. So if you want to spend your money well, spend it on your co-workers and don't spend it immediately on, 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 on the ad, uh, advertor uh, advertorials. Uh, because it's going to be much more efficient. Uh, so voila, that's my one-liner. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I have a question here from, uh, from Valeska from the group, and she's writing, can a company oblige an employee to share their values or news in their private social media, or should this happen on a voluntary basis? It should always happen on a voluntary basis. I think that, uh, first of all, there's GDPR also. Uh, and so that means that you cannot, it's not only because of GDPR, but you cannot um, expect uh, everybody to share your values. Uh, no, it has to be uh, on an individual basis. Uh, you have to learn from it because if you really learn, and that's the nice thing, if you ask people to do something on a voluntary basis, their behavior, which we see in the platform, will tell you whether 
uh, there's something wrong. And probably if nobody wants to share your values, there's, there's no problem with your ambassadors that you have a problem, but you need to, look, you need to be able to learn from, from the results. So again, the answer is no, obviously, um, an ambassador is somebody who always have, has to do this on a complete voluntary basis. Yeah, well, I think it's a good point. If nobody wants to share your contents, uh, then then I think you should rethink. <laughs> I think you need to should have sit down uh, with your with your employees in a literal, uh, say, literally face to face or virtual way to to talk with your employees what's going on. And I have well, a question. <laughs> and also the the the, the other thing, eh, because we have quite a lot of companies where. Uh, they start and they say like become our ambassador and they ambassador and they have like 1,000 people that say yes 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 but then they see at the end that there's only 50% of the people that are really doing something then it's also important to go back to the ones that are raised that raised, that have raised their hands saying like well at some point you were quite enthusiastic but now you apparently you don't share so what would be the reason that you don't share so there's there's yeah. quite a lot of um, uh, things that you can get out of the behavior of your coworkers. So you can also, we say, um, I don't know how to say, finger on the pulse, how do we say in Dutch, so you can really see what's, what, it's a way to, to know what's going on amongst your, amongst your employees and to know uh, that they're still involved, is they're still engaged. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, and it's also a small, a very small story, but at a certain moment in a very big, I'm not going to say the name, but a very big, big industrial company, I had to go back after a year and they, um, the, the, in fact, it was, it started at the marketing department and the marketing department told me like, Patrick, we have a problem because we have only 75 ambassadors on a company which has about 5,000 coworkers. Um, and then uh, luckily next to her was HR and HR uh, basically told the marketing lady, uh, no, 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 Social Cedar doesn't have a problem. We have a problem. Um, we have a problem because nobody wants to join the program. And apparently they knew it. They knew that there was a bad culture, but now, and, and also because we have quite a lot of benchmarks over, over uh, different uh, sectors and, and companies. Uh, obviously, if you in, in each different company, if you send out an invitation to become an ambassador, uh, why is it that in some companies there are 60% of people saying yes, and in other companies there's only 5% of people saying yes? It's nothing to do with the two. It's everything to do with who you are. Um, and that's what's so interesting in, in, uh, in such a program as well. It basically shows you the temperature of your comp company. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. There is another yeah. question. Yeah. There's a question from Tiziana. How yes, is it possible? Also, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead, because there's another question from Mick, which started was from the start, but I will ask that afterwards. And go ahead, Alessia. Okay, so how is possible to ask your clients and partners to be your ambassador in a polite way? In a polite way, is that the question? Um, yeah. But it's uh, everything we should, everything we do should be polite, also to your coworkers. <laughs> I think it's if you ask a question to your coworkers, it should be polite. If you ask a question, but basically. Um, we have quite a lot of companies like, uh, just to name one, the Red Cross or UNICEF, uh, they are uh, also using external ambassadors because you have quite a lot of external ambassadors with just the same principle, um, where they just uh, uh, inv invite their ambassadors to become, to, uh, sorry, their fans or their stakeholders to become ambassadors. Obviously, 
um, there's um, there's a difference if you send that question to 1,000 uh, external ambassadors than if you send the question to 1,000 internal people. Um, but there are some companies that link that to uh, MPS score. I don't know whether you 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 all know what MPS score is. Well, it's the score that you can, you can explain give. for the people who need well, net promoter score, but I don't think everyone is familiar with that. Um. A net pro promoter score is basically the same as if you leave your car in a, uh, in a garage and if you leave the garage, you have three buttons, uh, a red, a green and an orange one. Are you happy or are you just okay or don't, are you unhappy with the service? And PS score is just the same, but it's a more, uh, I would say, uh, scientific uh, approach. Uh, and we have quite a lot of companies where um, after surveys with their customers, everybody who has an MPS score of eight and nine, eight, nine and 10, which means extremely um, um, happy with the service of that company, um, that uh, result is followed by an invitation to become an ambassador. And then it's a very polite way because you only also ask people that are already very um, uh, happy uh, and you're not going to ask somebody to become an ambassador if you just had a very bad experience because that mm -hmm. would be that, that would be wrong yeah okay um oh i think alessia is on mute no, we now, have... oh now okay <laughs> <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have one more question from mick um yeah it's uh... it's an interesting it's an interesting one yeah. I would say, yeah how do you present your values in the best way whoa yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a question for Mick. So, um, so <laughs> I don't know Mick, but it's a very good no, question. Mick, Mick is a very, um, I say, a very intelligent woman who's here on the line, and uh, she's always working with values. Um, um, I say um, to support clients. Um, what can I do to improve myself and my company to serve my clients better? So she's a she's a very value driven lady. So therefore, I. I like. I totally understand the question, and I'm really curious what well, you I, thought about a, that. I'm not an, an, an expert inside the company because no. we have a tool that goes outside the company. But there are some differences. What we see that there's some differences between, let's say, uh, five or ten years ago and now. Uh, five or ten years ago, when I, whenever I entered the company, there was this big poster, a four post or a, a two poster that was saying our values are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. Nobody was reading this. Uh, that was like a chapter, and they wanted to hang this in their uh, in their hotel so that everybody could see it. But nobody nobody cared uh, what what was on on that uh, poster. So uh, the only thing that we see it's obviously building employer branding is a strategic exercise. And, and once you get the the the, the values out, uh, uh, you don't need to sum them up on a poster. Um, we do see quite a lot of companies that are having mixed, uh, um, how do you say, it, activities to, to try and show it to their cost, uh, to their coworkers or eventually their customers uh, on events. Um, they have uh, a CEO that makes a video, um, so it's much more. Um, they also use different tools, different methods. Um, uh, at noon, Swift is a technological company. They had an, at noon the CEO that was talking about the, the 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 values, but they wanted to really show the values and not just have the list um, with one slide. Uh, so it's going to be a mixture of showing, doing the example, showing effectively uh, that you mean, um, and then uh, trying to translate that in a, a kind of a message. And that's the most important one. 
translate these values in something which is understandable for people. Uh, because just to have a side note, it's not that we are on LinkedIn that you have to talk in very difficult terms because even on LinkedIn, we're still all human beings and we want to just read something that we can understand. So try to just uh, translate the message in something that people understand. And that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges of quite a lot of companies. Most of the companies, they all say that they have values. If you don't have values, I think that in the meantime, you don't have a company anymore. But how do you translate these values to your coworkers in such a wordings that they understand it and in such a wording that even the network can understand it? That's, I think, the challenge. We do have some um, examples of this, but it was, that would lead us probably too far. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 also about make it simple make it come from yourself don't talk about um we see that a post for instance if you talk about culture a post where you change the tone of voice in a tone of voice like if the person has said it himself creates much more impact than um we as a company stand for sustainability if you change that in i'm working for a company that stands for sustainability. I, I, this is how you work. This is also how you talk in a cafe. Creates much more impact. Mm-hmm. So just giving an example. But do you also think that an inspiring example, if you are a business leader, CEO, the management, it's not only by wording, but it's also by following an inspiring example that that people will copy the behavior. Because there are a lot of CEOs who say that they are value driven. But if you would follow, for example, their Facebook or posts or privately, uh, I'm sustainable and, and they're doing the opposite in the private time. I think it's also, um, it's not only by the wording and, and, and sharing this under your co-workers, but I think it's also by your behavior, by your, yeah, your personality that and that, will and inspire others. And that's the big change that's going to happen. I think it's going to uh, be even, uh, it's going to change even quicker uh, due to the crisis. But if uh, people want to uh, work or want to eventually um, visit a place, but at least if they want to work for a company, the first thing they do in lots of times is they go on LinkedIn, they were looking for the CEO. If the CEO has a very, if he already has uh, presence on LinkedIn because there are still CEOs that are mm-hmm. not yeah. present on on LinkedIn, um, and if they don't show uh, their values, there's probably uh, lots of chance that they will not be interested in that company. Mm-hmm. And another example is uh, we uh, we have quite a lot of companies, and I am sure that you know these companies that where all the people are driving their small minis in two colors with the name of the company, and management is driving black. BMW X5 without any logo, and and that shows that there's some some there's some mix-up that happens. <laughs> I don't know how, why, uh, but apparently the more you get paid, the less you have to show that you work for a company. The less you get paid, the more you have to show that you work for a company. This is something that is not of this world anymore. And I had a discussion with such a company, and they had to admit that it was like this. They had all these big black cars with nothing yeah. but they everybody else had to drive these 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 cars with the big logos just reverse it they have to be the first to drive the car and then the rest will follow yeah, yeah. 
we've reached already 45 minutes. I see there's still one uh, yeah. uh, one question. Let's. Uh, I will ask you this question, and then we will. Um, I would say we will wrap it uh, wrap it up because I don't want to hold other people. In, I would say for the people that have to go, I totally understand. If you have any questions, you can send now in the chat already. We will reply to you, or you can send it. Uh, you can send it to us, and you will get a, a reply from me. Or Patrick, or both of us um, on your on your question. So we will have the last one, and this is really also a very interesting one. How are ambassadors remunerated? Well, most of the programs that we have, there's no remuneration, but you have to be clear from the start. So if you become an ambassador, uh, you don't become an ambassador to make it uh, to, to to earn money. For instance, you 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 become an ambassador because you genuinely are interested in that company. There's a big difference. That again, that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be any. Um, uh, we we call it gratification instead of um, uh, gamification. That you don't have to show obviously. Uh, that you care and that you're very happy with all the efforts that the ambassadors are doing. And that's why uh, we see, uh, we encourage companies to have these um, community incentives, again, instead of individual incentives. Mm -hmm. So from the 250 programs that we are running, um, there's only few programs that have incentives. And one of the, the reasons why we still have incentives is, of, as an example, uh, for the recruitment part. Why? Because obviously in quite a lot of companies, if you uh, can um, um, invite somebody that um, becomes a co-worker, uh, co you get a kind of remuneration because you did a good effort. That obviously uh, is very logical, um, but we don't see really the logic in um, uh, giving people uh, money every time they will uh, promote something online. Because again, that doesn't create authenticity. Uh, it creates completely the opposite. Uh, but again, if P if organizations want to remunerate uh, uh, exceptionally an ambassador because they, they did a big effort, um, this is possible. But what we always say is do it afterwards. Don't do it in the front. Don't say from the start, the more you do, the more you will get. Nice, much nicer is that person did ext an extreme effort, I'm going to give him flowers or I'm going to give him some, some nice uh, uh, present. Uh, and, and, and that creates then again the, wow, the, 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 the excitement. Yeah, indeed. Well, I think that was, uh, we have now covered uh, 49 minutes. So I think it was interesting to see that there were a lot of questions from the, from the community, a lot of interest. So uh, first of all, thank you so much, uh, Patrick, for, uh, for your time and for your suggestions and insights. Also, thank you, Alessia, of course, for your technical support. Um, if you have any questions, send it to us. Um, we have every week at 3 p.m. a session. So next week will be about destination marketing together with Napoli Convention Bureau. And the week after, it will be a 7th of May, we will talk about ambassadors um, from the industry and also about the relations between influencers and ambassadors. So, so thank you so much for your time and I wish you have a lovely afternoon and a lovely evening. Thank you so much and see you next week. Bye.